Blog Talk Radio. Lord, here I am again. I dropped the ball. I messed up again. Excuses. 
you know, every imaginable way possible. So excuses are lies in the results of it each. Now, when you have an excuse, there's an action that follows. There's a repercussion, and there are consequences from making excuses. Now, how do you know if you're making an excuse or if you're giving a reason? See, excuses are negative and they're irresponsible and it's erratic in behavior. While when you are giving a reason, a reason, you know, they're natural, they're responsible, they're result-driven in their behavior. So an excuse will never be followed by positive, goal-directed, or solution-oriented behavior. Excuses brings productivity to a streaking halt. Excuses waste time, and they have murderous potential. Excuses are what cowards and wimps and weaklings, they use those as tools, as a form of a weaponry of destruction that undermines one's reputation and one's credibility and one's future perspective. Now, let's go to the biblical example. In Luke 9, 57 to 62, there was a group of people, and one man said, let me go and bury my father. That was his excuse. Then you had Jacob, who was the father-in-law of, uh, well, I'm sorry, Jacob's father-in-law. He made excuses to have Jacob work for 14 years for his daughters. And then, to top it off, he made excuses to have his son-in-law work 20 years of hard labor. Another biblical example is Moses. Moses was a master of excuse. Moses gave five reasons why he shouldn't uh, do things. He said, who am I should, that I should go to Pharaoh in Exodus 3 and 14 to 14? He said, I'm not eloquent of speech. I'm slow of tongue. Basically, he said, I'm not adequate for the task. I don't even know. He said, I, people won't take me serious. Uh, I'm not good with words. I'm not willing, you know, you know, those were a bunch of excuses that Moses gave before he, um, God did. Now we as Christians, you know, we have to stop making excuses and be accountable. Now you might be, if you're not an excuser, you might be an accuser. So accusers are basically negative people. They say things like, you made me say that. I didn't do it because Takeda made me. You know, it's all your fault. Or I didn't have a daddy uh, loving on me when I grew up. That's why I'm like that. Or uh, you like my sibling better than you did me. Accusers, now they always insert someone else that has done something improper or in uh, or wrong to them, okay? They have no accountability, you know. Uh, you know, accusers, um, like, have, um, have you ever accused anyone of doing something like, have you ever accused someone of stealing your money you laid down or, or, or going through your purse or 
or taking your iPhone or using your iPhone and they haven't used it or have you ever accused uh, someone of just doing you wrong or just committing a sin against you? Have you ever slandered or, or gossiped against someone? Yeah, see, so those are some small things, but they feel messy and they feel accusations. And, you know, people, uh, you know, who accuse people, they don't even know what they're doing sometimes because, see, we have accused fellow Christians of not even knowing Jesus. You know, we said, oh, she don't know God. Look at her. She don't need to do all that when she's praising God. It don't take all that, you know, as if they're the only person to have a personal relationship with, with God. But, no, you see, a person who claims that someone who has committed an offense or has done something wrong to them, they <clears throat> condemn people. They are at fault. And an and accuser, if you're an accuser, you're going to be the type of person, you're going to try to frighten someone. You're going to try to intimidate them. You're going to give them a bad name. You know, you're going to point the finger at them. Oh, it's his fault. It's her fault. You know, you're hateful in nature. Okay? The bottom line, though, you guys, is that we have to come out of the spirit of accusations because Jesus said in Luke 37 that we should judge not so that we won't be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now, I want to give you some biblical examples of an accuser. Uh, these are just uh, some of the ones that I found that I enjoyed. And um, uh, the first one is Potiphar's wife. We know he accused Joseph of raping her, and that wasn't true. You know, uh, Jesus constantly was accused by the Pharisees. You know, they accused Jesus of healing people with demonic powers. They accused Jesus of violating the Sabbath day by healing on that day. They accused Jesus of blasphemy, you know, blasphemy by the Jewish leaders themselves, okay? So, you know, hey, everybody has been accused at some point in life, you know, but it's how you handle it, and I'll get to that a little later. But the fish, there were also an example of how the fishermen accused Jonah when he was in the, the boat of being responsible for the water calamity. Then you have, like, Saul. He was accused uh, of, of persecu- persecuting aggressively the Christians, and he was even imprisoning them. He was an accuser of the brother before he became uh, Paul and got transformed on, at the Damascus Road experience. You know, now, but there is one particular person I want to highlight on the accusers that I wanted you guys to really look at, and that was in the book of Esther 5, 9, 6 through 14. Listen, there was a man named Haman, and he was an enemy of the Jewish people, and I don't know if you know the story about him him and um, the uh, royal, royal priestship uh, that he was under, um, but Haman he told to the fact that Jews were not merely rebuilding the temple, but he was accusing them of organizing themselves to rebel against the Persian ruler. 
the Persian ruler was married to Esther, and Esther was a Jew herself. Now, the, the king didn't know it at the time, but she was a Jew. And particularly, he didn't like all Jews, but he didn't like Mordecai. That was Queen Esther's uncle. But see, Haman had become the prime minister, and he had demanded that Mordecai bow down to him. And Mordecai refused to bow down to him. So the bottom line was that when Mordecai refused, Haman set a noose up for Mordecai. But that's not the re- he didn't get the results he wanted. Okay, he was hung by the very noose he had set up for Mordecai. So do not, please do not be an excuser. Now, the last one I want to talk about is the doer. Doers are selfless in in their conduct in the eyesight of God. Doers are people who look out for, they care for, they're concerned about others. They're, uh, they, they take care of the orphans, those that are in prison and, and widows, and, and, you know, they take the focus off of themselves, and, you know, they think about, others needs and they think about other wants, you know, and they don't expect any payback for the work and the things that they do. Or, you know, a, a doer is a person who's uh, responsible, they're dependable, they're faithful, they have accountability, they make no excuses, you know, they look intently at the word, they take the word for the word, they hear the word and they do it. That's what a doer does. Now, I'm going to give you an example, biblical example, Caleb. In Joshua 14 and 16, Caleb, there was a story about how Moses sent Caleb and his fellow Israelites to go check out the land in in Kadesh to explore it and to see what's going on down there. Those Israelites came back, and they made the people's hearts fear except for Joshua and Caleb. So you have to be a doer of the word and not a hearer because you're going to deceive yourself if you don't. Now, what we can learn from Caleb's life is that Caleb, he trusted in God's faithfulness to keep his promises. So in his plea, Caleb reminded his fellow spy and leader Joshua, that he had followed God fully, completely. He trusted in the Lord with all his heart and leaned not into his own understanding because as a result, God blessed them. They made it to the promised land. Now, I understand that you may not be an accuser or an excuser, and maybe People may have excuses or or, or accusations towards you periodically. However, remember, as a Christian's response, accuser and excuser should be one that is full of humility, full of faith, full of prayer and strength. Don't try to be what they are, okay? So, in summary, I want to let you know that excuses made Moses not make it to the promised land. Accusations made Haman be hung by the noose that he had made for Mordecai. 
Jesus was a doer. And in Luke 23, 43, Jesus forgave the accused thief named Justin on the cross. And today he said he would be in paradise with us. Remember, you guys, everyone that God loves all of us, put away the excuses, put away the accusations, walk in love. You will be blessed by God. Do the right thing.
Psalms 42 and 2 says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when I can go and meet with him. Let's do a church medley.
the promise and don't let your feelings dictate your faith
What y'all doing? I won't go, I won't go. They want to go back. You know, if you don't know the Lord on today, I want you to get to know him. And if you know him, I want you to get to know him better because Jesus is the only way that we can have salvation. He's our only hope. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, he said, can come to the Father except by him. Get to know the Lord on today. Well, it's a beautiful day here in Kankakee. It's sunny and it's 43 degrees. I don't know how the weather is where you are. I just want you to enjoy the day. Be blessed. I love you with the love of the Lord. And enjoy the rest of your day. This concludes the Love Gospel Hour for today. Invite someone on next week. And God bless you.